I like uh, the song and uh, uh, sing beautifully and praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Just going along with a lot of the things that I want to bring out in the message tonight as well. And uh, so we're in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, chapter 12, and we're going to be spending a great deal of time over the next several weeks in Hebrews chapter 12. We spent a couple weeks just looking at the last couple of verses of Hebrews 11 uh, concerning the heroes of the faith, and uh, we just felt like there was some good groundwork that needed to be laid uh, before we get into chapter 12. And tonight we're getting into that, and we'll read the text here in just a moment. Uh, but uh, we're looking at tonight on the subject of looking unto Jesus. And, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that we look to at times in life. I'm thankful for people in my life, uh, uh, even certain, I don't know, uh, rules, if you will, that have helped me through life. Uh, but uh, no one can lead you like Christ, amen? No one can give you what you need uh, more than Christ can. And certainly we need to be looking at Jesus, looking unto Jesus. And we've been doing these messages. Uh, this will be the third one This uh, since we've started. We've been doing a series on adversity, overcoming adversity. And uh, we're going to be uh, uh, focusing back in on that and how Christ, and even as this song was sung and even some other songs about heaven, uh, that uh, aren't you glad uh, that uh, this life, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for my life. I'm not somebody that hates life. Uh, there's a lot of great things God has done for me, amen? And a lot of great enjoyments that I've had, uh, but it's not heaven, amen? And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that day uh, when we won't have to deal with a lot of things that we deal with today. And uh, just even, uh, you know, getting old and uh, uh, dealing with sicknesses and battles and and just dealing with life in general, amen? We won't have that in heaven. And uh, so I praise the Lord for that. And I hope that you're saved tonight. I hope that you're saved. Uh, but uh, we've looked at uh, several things concerning adversity, and we've learned that certainly it all begins with being born again, amen? I, you know, it's going to be a hard time to get uh, through this life with any type of success uh, uh, without being saved. Uh, but after being born again, we know, too, that there's going to come adversity. I think I mentioned in these messages that, Oftentimes, when somebody gets saved, it isn't very long after they get saved that some type of adversity comes in their life. Uh, and I believe that uh, uh, there's some spiritual significance to that. Uh, what I'm saying is, is the Christian life, uh, nowhere in the Bible does the Christian life easy. It doesn't teach us that at all. As a matter of fact, I think the, the more you want to live for Jesus, the closer you live by this blessed book, uh, the more difficulties that you'll probably have in life. It's not always easy, as the song says, sorrows like sea billows roll, and they will roll. And many of us know that. Uh, but we know that it's God that allows adversity. Uh, he allows adversity to grow us, to test us. As we looked at those last two messages, uh, adversity uh, perfects and refines us, much like uh, much heat refines gold. And, of course, the real test of adversity, as we've made mention several times already, isn't just making it through adversity, but how adversity leaves you. That's the real uh, test there. Uh, and uh, certainly, as we think about those Old Testament saints in Hebrews chapter 11, we do want to obtain that good report, uh, not for salvation purposes, uh, but we believe that there are rewards in heaven. And so we want to, we want to go through this life and deal with adversity uh, for that reason as well, but also it does grow us. And 
But we need to understand that just because you go through an adversity doesn't mean that you're going to be better for it. Sometimes people go through an adversity, as I said, they make it through it, but they end up uh, living in fear or doubt or or some bitterness that creeps into their life. So it's all about how we respond it, respond to it, uh, and God would have us to make it through those adversity and in the end to be closer to Him, to be a more mature Christian even. And so our goal through adversity, as I said, is to obtain that good report, just like those that we looked at in Hebrews chapter 11. But to do this, and this is where we get into chapter 12, to do this, um, uh, certainly we, we uh, have to run the race of life. Now, I want, to, I want you to understand, we're not talking about running a race to be saved. Uh, we're talking about the believer's race in life. Uh, and let me tell you something, it is filled with adversity. We're all just one phone call away from from a life-changing moment. Amen? And so those things are are going to happen. Uh, And so we're running this race. And and adversity, as we said, will grow us. Uh, But all these things are conditional because we have to run uh, the way God would have us to run. And the process of of, uh, adversity, as we learned last week, it takes time. Amen? That's why we cannot faint. We must not despise it even. The Bible says we're to press toward the mark, amen? Uh, not by works, not by sacrifice or by keeping rules, but by faith and a close relationship with Jesus Christ. And so tonight we're going to begin to apply those things, and, and these lessons will build one on the other, but we're going to begin to see how we can look unto Jesus, amen? Uh, because there's where the answer to all of life's problems lie is looking unto Jesus. And so I'm going to have you stand with me in reverence to the Word of God if you're physically able. If you're not physically able, I certainly understand that. But Hebrews chapter 12, just going to read the first two verses, and and uh, we'll we'll stop there and, and uh, preach how God leads here tonight. But we see there in verse 1, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, I believe he's referring back to those in chapter 11, Now notice what he says. So he's talking to saved people. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I want you to know he's talking about believers here. Uh, Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, amen, the author and finisher of our faith, for who the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus ran his race, amen, for uh, what... That was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, we ask your blessing on the preaching and teaching, reading of the Word of God tonight. Uh, Father, I pray that we can just kind of, I know we all got responsibilities and we get ready to head into the week and probably have a lot of things going on, but if we'll just kind of still ourselves. Father, focus in on what you'd have us to focus in on for these next few minutes. And, Father, when the invitation is given, that we might respond to the preaching of the Word of God. So, Father, help us. May you be uplifted and glorified. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. You know, I've shared maybe from the pulpit, but just talking to other people, my uh, testimony before and and how uh, uh, there was a group of us younger men. Back then I was younger and... uh, early 30s, and there was about four or five of us, and we all kind of got saved around the same time. We didn't know each other before that, but we met at the church, and we all had some uh, similarities and, and stuff. So we kind of, there was about four or five of us 
got along real well, spent a lot of time together outside the church and those types of things, and did a lot of work at the church, and uh, just uh, really grew in the Lord, and it was a special time uh, in, in my Christian life. Uh, but I think I shared with you the other day that every one of those men, families, none of them are in church anymore. Not a one. And um, uh, divorces and kids in trouble and so forth. And, you know, number one, there are those who run for a season. There are those who run for a season. And as I think about those names and even the faces of those who ran well for a season, like I said, a lot of them God really used uh, on my behalf to help me to grow as a Christian. Yet, sadly, a lot of them have made their way back into the world. Uh, and, and folks, that's, that, that's why I, I preach the way I preach, I suppose. It's, it's heartbreaking to see that because it's avoidable. It don't have to happen. In Galatians 5, 7, Paul, he struggled with this uh, with uh, believers, and he said, you did run well. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And he was talking to a group of believers, uh, speaking to those who had quit running, and, and they had stopped growing spiritually, and and there's always trouble that's going to follow after that when that happens. And it's like watching uh, uh, children, uh, uh, you know, uh, playing on an escalator, okay? Uh, and I've done this a few times when I was younger. Uh, you know, the first time I saw an escalator, I was amazed. That was the neatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, and so you get on those stairs and they're going down, and, and isn't it fun to try to turn around at the bottom and run back up, you know, while they're going down? And if you run really fast, you can do it, you know? I mean, you can outrun the escalator. And uh, it's, it's a hard way to go upstairs, but you can do it. Uh, but uh, children like to do that. And, and again, if, if you're fast enough, you could run. But really, the Christian life is like that. You have to run well. And if you stop, you'll go backwards. Amen? You'll stop, you'll go backwards. We might even look at it as a, a salmon, if you will. They're swimming upstream, okay? And if they just stop and give up, guess what? They'll start going backwards. You have to swing. You have to keep going. You have to run the race. You can't stop because if you stop uh, for Jesus, you're really going backwards for Jesus. Amen? And so the Bible says there in verse 1, uh, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. In other words, we have this example of these wonderful Old Testament saints in chapter 11 uh, that we can go by. He says, this is what we want to do. He said, let us lay aside every weight. And, of course, that's pretty obvious. You know, a runner that's going to run doesn't wear heavy clothes, not going to wear army boots. Uh, those types of things would slow him down. But a lot of times, again, there are a lot of believers that are trying to run, trying to live for Jesus with a lot of excess baggage. Amen? And they get bogged down. They, they, they get weighed down, if you will. They're not laying aside things. And a lot of times, especially in younger people's lives, probably the thing that I've dealt with as a pastor and trying to help people that get believers off tracks are wrong relationships. Amen. Being unequally yoked. Hey, listen, I don't care who they are, what they say, people that don't love the Lord are not going to help you serve the Lord. Amen. They'll drag you away from Him. Relationships that aren't helpful, secular activities, certain hobbies and habits that keep us from growing in the Lord, those are all weights. And you need to set them aside. That's what the Bible says. 
These things hinder uh, uh, us to serve the Lord and, you know, whatever it may be, our prayer time, uh, Bible reading, uh, uh, serving in the church faithfully, or just coming to church faithfully. All those types of things uh, uh, are, are hindrances to us. And we find ourselves, we're trying to still carry on, to carry all those weights, all those hindrances. We still try to serve the Lord and we get tired because you can't do both, amen? The Bible tells us that. You can't have two masters because you'll love one and hate the other. But guess what usually happens? Do you throw the weights down? No, you keep those and you put God on the back burner. And then the troubles begin. And so God help us to lay aside every weight which does so easily beset us. And we all have different things that we struggle with. But we also, too, notice in this verse that we run with others. I like that. Notice that little phrase uh, after about with so great a cloud of witnesses, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so be easily beset us. And notice what it says again, and let us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. To me, this is very encouraging. Uh, Christian fellowship, I, I believe this, Christian fellowship is a must, don't you believe? Amen? Hey, listen, don't get here. You know, I know sometimes things or schedules are, uh, you know, just are what they are. Uh, but hey, get to church early and fellowship with one another. Amen? And don't be in such a big hurry to leave. Hey, we need Christian fellowship. I believe it's a must. We find support in prayer, uh, a voice uh, uh, of encouragement. Not only that, you're a voice to encourage someone. So the Bible says that we run, uh, let us run the race. Uh, but sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes I know this works the other way. Uh, sometimes those we love and admire, like I was telling you about some of my good friends back in the day, they quit running the race. What do we do when that happens? Sometimes even great men and women of God that we admire and follow, sometimes they have a, a, a moral failure in some way, and we go, boy, what is going on here? What are we supposed to do? Well, we keep running. Amen? We keep running the race. Hey, listen, uh, so many stop because others stop. And I don't know about you, uh, uh, there's been a lot of great people in my life that I never thought would have happened to, they've stopped. But hey, hey, listen, uh, I love God too much to stop, amen? Hey, listen, if your motivation for serving the Lord is based on someone else, your motivation is based on the wrong thing. Amen? So uh, again, we want to run together, but when those that quit running, quit running, that doesn't mean you have to quit running, amen? Who are you supposed to please, man or God? You're supposed to please God. The Bible makes that clear. Do we please our friends or God? We please God. And I understand, especially when family's concerned, that could be especially hard, but it's something that we got to do. Now, I said all that to say this, and we'll move on. Hey, listen, we got to look unto Jesus and Jesus alone to run the race. Amen. Not to just run it, but to obtain that good report. Number two, we must focus on Him. Look at verse two. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Go with me to the book of Matthew. Save your place there in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. But turn to the book of Matthew chapter 14. We have a, a wonderful passage of scripture that illustrates this good. We're going to read about a little bit about the story of Peter walking on the water. A lot of times people uh, really run Peter down. Uh, but to this day, I believe he's probably the only human being that ever walked on water. He did for a second or two, didn't he? Amen. And uh, But uh, we're going to look at this and, and talk about it a little bit. Matthew chapter 14, 
Of course, we know the disciples are in a boat. Jesus sent them on before. They're in the Sea of Galilee. Uh, a storm comes up uh, uh, there in the middle of the night. Uh, and Jesus, who had stayed behind, uh, came walking to them on the water. And we read there what happened. Uh, chapter 14, verse 28. Uh, notice what it says. It says, And Peter uh, answered him, that is Jesus, and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he, that is Jesus, said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But what happened? Remember, we're to look unto Jesus, amen? But the Bible says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and he began, and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And so, why did Peter sink? Well, he took his eyes off Christ. The Bible makes it very clear. He took his eyes off Christ, uh, and he put them on the storm. He put them on the adversity, if you will, that was going on in his life. And we too, if we're not careful, we have to focus on Christ and nowhere else. It has to be about Jesus. And I know sometimes, especially like me, maybe you got saved a little later in life. Uh, maybe there's some things in your past that you're not proud of. I suppose we all could say that, Amen. But sometimes we focus on our past. Sometimes we focus on our failures. Sometimes we focus on the hurts and the letdowns in life. You know, it's so easy. Why is it so easy for human beings to focus on the negative and to focus on what we can't do instead of what we can do for Christ? When we focus and we worry about the future, what might happen and what might not happen. And boy, we've got a big dose of that for the last couple of years, haven't we? Some focus on the right now, meaning they're worrying about what's happening now. Hey, listen, don't, don't get me wrong. We ought to consider the future. We ought to be mindful of what we've learned in the past. We, we ought to be aware of our surroundings. We're to walk circumspectly. I understand it. But listen, we must only focus on Christ. Amen. Looking unto Jesus. I know these things are happening. Hey, we could woulda, coulda, shoulda all day long. Let's focus on Jesus. Amen. We've got to focus on Him. It's the only way we'll make it through adversity. Adversity's going to come. Hey, if you're waiting for a, a picture-perfect world, it's not going to happen until Jesus Christ returns. If you're not saved, you'll never see it. Jesus is the author of our faith. Go back to Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Looking unto Jesus, the author of See, it is He who begins everything. Amen? Jesus Christ. Jesus, hey, listen, when you got saved, Jesus started your race. Amen? And by the way, you're not racing against others. Hey, everybody just stay in their own lane and run their own race. Amen? But we're to finish the race. And Jesus started our race when He saved us. What I'm trying to tell you is if you're saved tonight, you are not your own. You belong to Jesus Christ. You are His slave. Amen? And you belong to Him. And you're to do what He tells you to do when He tells you to do it. Amen. And it's not about what you want to be, to do, to have, but what Christ wants you to, be, to do and to be, to have. And I want to tell you something, you'll be happier being what Christ wants you to be than what you want to be. Amen. He begins everything. He's the author of our faith. Not you. Just imagine... If we were allowed to write out our own lives ourselves, you know, we'd want to make ourselves out to be something we're not, most likely. Amen? You know, 
If I could write my own life out, I'd be the toughest, best cowboy that ever lived. You know, that's how we are. Uh, Some popular person, perhaps. But that's not the way it is, amen? It's Christ who writes our life. It's Christ that decides what we do and what we don't do. He's the author of our life. And as we look back, uh, I know I'm, I'm right there with you. There's a lot of chapters from my past that I wish I could go back and rewrite, amen? And maybe the past chapter of your life isn't that good. But I want to tell you something. You can come to Christ now and let Him be the author of your life. And you've got some good chapters ahead of you when you do that. Amen to that. Jesus is the author of our faith. Not only is He the author of our faith, uh, not only is it that, that He begins it, but He also finishes it. He's also the finisher of our faith. Looking into Jesus, verse 2, the author and finisher of our faith. Hey, Jesus doesn't just start it, he finishes it. Philippians 1 6, I got it here. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. That means bring it to an end, uh, uh, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Talking about someday when you get your glorified body. Amen. Jesus said to the uh, disciples in the upper room, uh, as he prayed there in John 17, I have glorified thee on earth, talking to the Lord, or God the Father. I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do. Jesus Christ cried from the cross, several cries, but one of them was, it is finished. He finished his race, amen. Jesus started his race, how? As a babe, swaddling clothes, uh, uh, and finished it on a hill called Calvary by being nailed to the cross, but he stepped and, and, and ran every step of it, and uh, by his grace, we can do the same thing, you see. So he's not only the author of our faith, but he is the finisher of our faith. And then number five, and this is what I was thinking about as Miss Mary and, and uh, Miss Layla were doing that wonderful special for us. Look at verse two. Notice what it says. We looked at some of these things already. Let's start there. Who for the joy... That was set before him endured the cross. Now let's just think about this statement here for just a moment. Notice what it says. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What is he, what, what's going on there? But note, read it very carefully one more time. Uh, uh, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You see, I believe Jesus was looking to the blessing ahead, to the joy ahead, for the joy that was set before him. This is how Jesus, the man, was able to endure the cross. Certainly, just from the physical aspect, Jesus suffered tremendous pain on the cross of Calvary. And let me just remind you, he did that for you. But even greater still than that, than that physical pain, he also took all the sin of the world. Past, present, and future sin was all laid upon him, so much so, the Bible says that he sweat great drops of blood. He took all sin on himself, suffered suffered for a period of time, separation from the Father, something he had never experienced from eternity past. We say, wow, how could he do that? And then we see here again, who for the joy 
that was set before him during the cross. How, how, how do we reconcile all that? Because even though all of that suffering that he did, uh, he went through all of that, he anticipated, listen to me now, he anticipated the joy that would come thereafter. Does the song say, joy doth come in the morning, amen? And I believe that it does. Don't, don't get me wrong, I don't believe Jesus enjoyed the suffering, but the joy was in what was to come. And it outweighed, listen, it outweighed any suffering that he would face. And it's the same for us. That adversity that you might be going through right now, that adversity that you're facing, I want to tell you something, if you're saved, it'll be swallowed up in victory one of these days. Amen. If you're right with God, if you're saved. And let me tell you something. I, I don't know what you're going through. Uh, uh, some of you have been through things that I cannot imagine. But I want you to understand, if Christ could suffer the cross and have joy, we can most certainly suffer a while while we're here. Amen. We sang the song this morning, did we not? What a day that'll be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there, and forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that'll be. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's how we deal with adversity. And there is coming a day when our struggles in life will melt away. Amen. And that adversity that you're dealing with, uh, I know we all have some physical things that we're dealing with. Some of us are using walkers. Some of us have glasses. Some of us have back pain. We all have things that we struggle with, but it's all going to be gone someday. Amen. Amen. And no amount of suffering and no amount of adversity will ever take that away. Amen. So bring it on. Amen. Amen. From the joy. That we're going to, hey, listen, from the joy that you're going to experience over in glory land someday. Amen. There isn't anything in here that will ever quench that. Amen. Woo. And hey, listen, hey, listen, we might suffer here on earth our whole entire life, but it's just a vapor. It's just a speck of time in our existence because we're going to spend forever with Jesus someday where everything is perfect and everything is right. There is no walkers. There is no hospitals. There is no graveyards. Amen. It's all perfect, and forever I will be with the one who died for me. Woo! Praise the Lord! Some of y'all need to get excited. Heaven is sounding sweeter all the time. And I want to tell you something. Listen to me now. I'm not done preaching yet. If we could get a hold of that. We could just get a hold of that. Many would not be dropping out of the race. Some of us have allowed this world to talk something that God has promised plumb out of our life. Christians ought to be the happiest people on the planet. We cannot lose our focus on what awaits us. Amen. 10,000 years and we'll just get started. Number six. I feel better. Kind of lightheaded, but I feel better. <laughs> I tell you, folks, I, you know, I mentioned this morning that, you know, you know, I, I struggle with things. I feel like overall the church is losing the battle. Uh, but I'm also encouraged because, you know, we got God on our side. Amen. Hey, we, we just need to get excited about the things of God. And, and hey, praise the Lord, we'll see some things happen right here in West Plains, Missouri. 
Number six, we must focus on endurance and not enjoyment. I want to say that again. Listen very carefully. We have to focus on endurance and not enjoyment. Many of us are looking for a way out instead of a way in. And I'm not preaching against having fun. Hey, I I mean, (laughs) you guys know me. I like to cut up with the best of them, amen. I like having fun. You know, I love picking on some of you folks, amen. It thrills my day when I scare Miss Barbara. I just, I love that. Miss Pauline, I love to give her down the road. She can out-talk me, though. I'm not against having fun, amen. But I want to tell you something. That's not the purpose of the race. Hey, listen, God will bless us with seasons of enjoyment. I get that. But, hey, that's not what we focus on. I mentioned a while ago, I love to come into the church house and spend time in fellowship with folks and talk about all kinds of different things. It don't have to be deep theological discussions. We can talk about hunting. We can talk about cars. We can talk about guns. We can talk about, I love all of those things and, and, and praise the Lord for that. But that's not what I focus on, amen? And that's not what we should focus on. We don't focus, we focus on endurance. We don't focus on enjoyment. So many times uh, I'll hear people say, I, I, I'm looking for a church where, 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 where I can be comforted. Well, bless your little pea-picking heart, amen? And there's nothing wrong. Hey, we ought to find comfort in our church. But that's not what God, listen to me, believer, that's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to take up our cross, which implies struggle. To take up our cross and do what? Follow Him. Amen. And I'm not trying to burst your bubble. There's a lot of fun in serving the Lord. But listen, I want to say it again. We have to focus on endurance and not enjoyment. Because if you don't, you'll quit the race. Jesus endured the cross. And we all ought to be thankful tonight. He wasn't, Jesus wasn't looking for comfort. He was looking to uh, endure adversity. He told them that he could call down more than 12 legions of angels. From what I understand, that would be over 60,000. Jesus Jesus could have just come down and wiped it and gone on back to glory. and We'd all be doomed today. But personal enjoyment was not his goal. And I praise the Lord for it. I want, I just want you to understand, I know we live in this self-entitlement society that is just wearing me plumb out. Where everything has to be handed to us and everything has to be hunky-dory before we can go out and do what we need to do. Listen, life is not about your enjoyment. Enjoyment, that is self-centeredness. It's not of God and it'll never do you anything any good. You need to look unto Jesus. And I'll just end with that tonight. And I know sometimes this old life can get rough. And I know sometimes it's just like, boy, if I could just get a little peace, if I could just get a little rest, if I could just get a little comfort, hey, it'll come. But you need to keep your focus on Christ because He certainly is the author and finisher of our faith tonight. So as our pianist comes, and she begins to play softly, the rest of us will stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And there's so many things that we could think about and talk about for this invitation. But you know your heart tonight. You know what you're struggling with. And we certainly are not making light of your adversity and what you're facing tonight. 
But I do know this, that if you focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, if we keep faith, if we keep our eye on the prize, there is coming a day, there is coming a day, amen, amen, there is coming a day, and we can endure. Christ endured a great deal on our behalf, we can certainly endure a great deal on his behalf. So if you need to do business with the Lord, right now is the time to come. Come and pray for your family, Dad. Come and pray for your family, Mom. Come and pray. Come and pray. Come and pray. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. Maybe, maybe, hey, maybe you've been on the mountaintop for quite some time. Praise the Lord. I love those seasons in life. Just simply come and ask, thank God for that, first of all. But understand, we're always going through something, just got out of something, or we're fixing to go through something.